Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. All right, ladies, get ready. This has been a topic that we have been wanting to record for quite some time now. This episode is going to be an honest discussion around how your menstrual cycle can affect your productivity. Now, before we jump in, I just want to say, I think this episode will be very eye-opening for any men listening as well, because it's important for men to understand how menstruation impacts the women in their lives, whether it's family members, friends, or colleagues. Yeah. So we wanted to start off with just a brief description of our own experiences when it comes to our cycles affecting our productivity. You can kind of think of this as our own TSHs, right? (laughs) Yes. So Michelle, can you kick us off? Sure. And just another thing worth noting, we're going to be getting pretty personal in this episode. I don't have a problem talking about menstruation and all that because it's a natural thing and I kind of hate the stigma and like embarrassment surrounding it. So if you are not wanting to hear all about our business, this is your last chance to turn off this episode. (laughs) So personally, growing up... um, feels like that. I was born on a cold winter night. Oh, no, but, um, so growing up, I have been involved in sports in a, for a very long time. And so I went on birth control very shortly after I started menstruating because I was not frequently getting my period. And a lot of that has to do with the high levels of exercise. And from that moment, when I started birth control, I was on it for like I don't know, 12 years or something. And so I have very limited experience with what I'm going to call like a natural cycle, because when you start taking birth control, it can manipulate a lot of like the symptoms that you feel and it just, it affects a lot. So all that time that I was on birth control, I never had really bad periods. Like they were very manageable. I did suffer from migraines for quite some time. That was the worst of it for me. And when I would get a migraine, I was like incapacitated, like could not function, but minimal cramps, um, minimal like bad things that I had to deal with. Now, I then chose to go off of birth control, mostly because I kind of just wanted to see what my cycle was like without it. And I wanted to see if it helped my migraines. And lo Mm -hmm. and behold, it did. My migraines almost all went away. I get them now far less frequently than I used to. And so since going off of birth control, it has been a journey, just kind of seeing my cycle. And at first for like a good year, it became very regular. It still wasn't horrible. I'm like, okay, I can manage this. And then I started getting really bad cramps and dealt with that for a while. And in full transparency, I currently, because of uh, all of my powerlifting training, I am dealing with what is called secondary amenorrhea, where I do not have a menstrual cycle. But what's interesting is I still get a lot of the symptoms, like I will still get the bloating and I will still get um, kind of like some of the headaches and some of the mood fluctuations, but I do not have like the actual menstruation and the cramping that comes with that. So I've had a very unique journey. And Bridget, I know we're kind of in different places in our lives. So I'm interested to hear your 
situation. And also, while while you guys are sitting here screaming at Michelle, like she is having constant conversations with doctors and her trainers. Yes. So this is blood not work, something that please do not stress out for her. Okay, yeah. I promise you, like <laughs> as a friend, I am sitting here making sure that she is safe and healthy yes, all the time. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, I am in a totally different spot. In fact, I am going through pre-menopause. <laughs> I am in that stage of my life. And yes, I know I am getting it young. My mom got it young. Like it's just more of like a genetic thing where I'm in my late 30s and now I'm experiencing some of those premenopausal like symptoms. And so I have such bad hormones. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they fluctuate up and down so bad. Um, and I had everything very opposite of Michelle. I had really, really bad um symptoms just being young from the cramps to I had the migraines just like you. I had the mood changes were really severe. I've never really been on birth control because it makes me incredibly nauseous. So I can't Mm. take it. Um, And so I just don't. And it's it works out fine for me. I make it work. And it's better for me to not kind of pump my body with all of those other things. So I kind of make that choice for myself. But I will say that since starting this podcast, I know that like I have just grown in so many ways when it comes to productivity. And one of the things that I really started to do was track my mood changes and my levels of energy. And especially now just being in that premenopausal phase and also tracking my Hashimoto's and trying to see if I can kind of uh, delay some of those symptoms that I have, I've hopefully tried to get that into remission. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed on that. Um, But I have really enjoyed seeing the cycle and how it all works with with each other. And so we also know that I am an Enneagram 4. I'm a very emotional person and my emotions tend to go into my productivity. So I started tracking my moods and realized that a lot of my like productivity slumps happens around my cycle. And so Michelle and I would start having these discussions. I mean, it's been what, like a year now that we've been having these talks? Yeah, I would almost say maybe a little, a little bit, bit longer. More. Yeah. But where, it, it was a transition for us of like, hey, can we talk about this? <laughs> I know where we started just talking about like, I've been tracking my moods and my cycles and oh my gosh, you're not going to believe like how it aligns with my productivity. And so I've just tried to be more intentional when when I plan certain projects. Yeah. And I'll be honest, when I was on birth control for such a long time, I never tracked my cycles because I didn't really need to because it was so stabilized from the medication. And so when I decided to go off of birth control, which that was spring of 2020. And again, it was mostly because my migraines were just out of control. And I had been on, at one point I was on a daily medication for my migraines. Plus I had medication to take when they hit. Mm -hmm. And I just did not want to be in that position. I'm like, I don't want to have to take all this medication. And so I personally chose to kind of experiment. And during that time, I started paying more attention and tracking my cycles. And I am very much, I love data. And so I became obsessed with the data and that data surrounding my cycle in terms of the symptoms I was experiencing. And I have loved getting to see patterns over time. What's interesting is now I have no patterns. (laughs) 
matter. It's our God. But still, it's information and it's helpful. And personally, I just track right in the health app on my phone. Same. Um, okay, so I was going to ask if you used that same app or a different one. But it's helpful because you can go in and you can mark your symptoms and when you're experiencing flow or spotting. And, and it just becomes helpful to look back at over time. Yeah. So we're going to start with some of the science and studies surrounding menstrual cycles and how they affect the workplace and also your productivity. Yeah. One of the first things I found that was just mind blowing, this came from UVA Health Newsroom. They reported that, and this is a quote, menstrual symptoms reduce the workplace productivity of many American women with 45.2% reporting that their symptoms require them to take days off according to a new UVA health survey. And they do state in the article that using an app can help you manage your symptoms better. But Bridget, out of curiosity, like, have you ever had to miss work? I was going to say I have because of migraines. Yeah, same. Migraines and cramping, um, especially like going into like the premenopause piece of it, uh, you just uh, start to experience whole new pains. Um, It's very, very interesting. So I have definitely had to take days off because I just couldn't walk, couldn't think, couldn't function whatsoever. And so I remember like sitting there, like tracking it and looking at the data and saying, okay, ooh, perfect. It's gonna start right around like the weekend so I don't have to like worry about the next week and just feeling terrible when I go into the classroom. So one of the other things that we have realized is, uh, and this was a quote as well, It says it affected areas including energy levels. So 89.3% of women surveyed. Um, Mood was 86.99. Concentration was 77.2%. And an increase or an interest in their work was 71.6%. So all of these areas were affected because of their menstrual cycles. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to share some information about the different phases of your menstrual cycle for that scientific like background knowledge component. I don't know about you, Michelle, but summer is my favorite time to try out new things. Lately, I've been trying to schedule more deep work time into my day. We are totally on the same wavelength here. I have been trying some new recipes and meal prep ideas I've seen online because summer is when I feel more relaxed and willing to try new things. Exactly. So this is your reminder that we have a digital planner available for you to try out for free before you make any purchases. Yes. Consider this our personal invite to you to dive into the world of digital planning completely risk-free. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. The free planner is available for download at teachingonthedouble.com forward slash free planners. Now, if you love it as much as we know you will, you can then grab a fully dated version of the digital planner with even more templates and tools in our store at teachingonthedouble.com slash store. But regardless, we hope you take advantage of this free offering. And now back to the episode. We're back and let's just start by clarifying we are not scientists and this is going to be a very brief overview 
Also worth noting, everyone is different. And as we've already illustrated, their experience with menstruation is going to be different. So just keep that in mind. This is kind of like, hey, here's what the science says. But as we all know, like it doesn't necessarily attribute to everyone. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, one of the things that we started looking at is going to be hormones. And I remember as we were doing this research, I was like, Michelle, what kind of hormone is this? Like, there are so many different hormone names that you are going to hear as we go through these different phases that we want to give you a somewhat idea of what this hormone does for you. So the main reproductive hormones are going to be estrogen, and this is related to menstruation and bodily functions like bone development and your brain. So estrogen is very important for you. Progesterone, did I say that right? Progesterone, yes, promotes (laughs) pregnancy it helps to balance estrogen and it helps to regulate moods. Apparently, I don't have enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have testosterone, which plays a role in your libido or your sex drive, right? And then it also is going to relate to your bone and muscle health and your mood and energy. And what you're gonna find is all of these hormones basically work together. So you can't just not have one of them, you need all of them in order to create this well-balanced within your body. Yeah, and it's funny you say that, Bridget, because when you were mentioning like progesterone, you're like, I must not have enough of that. I don't know much about you know menopause and all that, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that progesterone like dips during that time because obviously if if it's promoting pregnancy like that Mm -hmm. is going down which would make sense that the moods are not as regulated Mm -hmm. as they were before I am psychotic right now you do not (laughs) want to be around me (laughs) meanwhile so like I think for you right now that is lower and then I know personally with me and the level of exercise and everything it's my estrogen that is really low and that's why mm. like I don't have the menstruation and it can one of the side effects is like leading to bone density issues and all that and so it is interesting how and it's that is fascinating it, you want that balance and when something is out of balance that's when we have issues so speaking mm. of those different hormone levels and how they fluctuate we also wanted to go over the four different phases of your menstrual cycle. So we're going to kind of bounce back and forth and each share one. So first you have the menstrual phase. So this is from the first day of your period until your period stops. And so it typically lasts between three and seven days. During this time, all of your hormones are low, but you will have a slight rise in estrogen and a dip in progesterone. And typically during this time, your energy, your focus, and your productivity levels are going to be at their lowest. And again, that's typically not necessarily the case for everyone. Right. So the next phase is going to be the follicular phase. Follicular. (laughs) These are fun (laughs) words, guys. Um, This overlaps with your menstrual phase. Your phase. Wow. (laughs) Also, starting the first day of your period and then ending with ovulation. And 
I'm going to come back to that too, because it's starting around that same time of your menstrual phase. And so you're going to notice that some of the characteristics here are going to contradict some of the things you see in the menstrual phase. So this can last anywhere from 11 to 27 days and averages about 16 days for people. So you will normally see a sharp rise in progesterone levels and estrogen. Um, you're going to have some testosterone stays at a steady level, but may rise at the end of the phase. You're going to have heightened energy thanks to the rising levels, which it's interesting because it says in the other one that your, your energy and focus like decrease in the menstrual. And this is where I just think it's different for different people. Well, and so here's how I interpret this, Bridget. Your follicular phase is think about it almost like from the first half of your cycle, so right? It's, it's like, from, it's like a chart. It's like a graph. Yes. So your follicular phase is going to be from when your period starts until you ovulate. Your right. menstrual phase is a component of that. It's like the first few days when you're actually so it's menstruating. Like a bell curve type situation. Yes. And so what happens when you start menstruating, your estrogen is at its lowest, but then what's going to happen is it starts rising. And that's why right. in the follicular phase, it says that as your estrogen rises, so as you get into the, the uh -huh. end of that phase, you're getting more energy okay. as that phase goes totally on. Totally makes sense, guys. Hope it makes sense for you too. So, and then the last piece there is going to be, you're going to have to, a drive to succeed is going to be much higher within this phase. Okay. So then we're now transitioning into the ovulation phase and kind of like how the menstrual phase like overlaps with the follicular phase. The ovulation phase is going to overlap with the luteal phase, which Bridget will talk about next. But the ovulation phase is going to be that roughly 24 hour window when an egg is released and you are fertile. Usually this is about two weeks after that first day of your period if you have a traditional 28 day cycle. So when ovulation occurs, both estrogen and testosterone peak. So again, we talked about how that estrogen is rising. So ovulation is when it's at its highest point. Progesterone is going to take a dip and then it's going to begin to rise slowly at the end of ovulation. Remember, progesterone is really promoting pregnancy. So it makes sense that that would rise mm -hmm. when that egg is released. That peak of testosterone is going to give you a lot of that like outward focused energy. So you might have a desire to kind of be more social than you would be, for example, at the beginning of that follicular phase. And then that estrogen peak is going to give you lots of energy. And most likely you're going to be more proactive during that time because of that increased energy. The final phase is going to be the luteal phase, and this occurs when an egg is not fertilized. So your uterus is preparing to shed its lining with an upcoming period, and it lasts anywhere from about 12 to 14 days. So this is when your estrogen and progesterone start to rise. Your progesterone reaches its highest peak before falling dramatically at the very end of this phase. Progesterone has a calming effect, so your mind will probably move a little bit slower and your productivity's levels are going to be low and a natural winding down time for your body. And this is the end of the phase is associated with like that PMS piece. 
And if this was confusing, <laughs> because trust me, as we were coming up with our notes for this episode, oh we gosh. had to look over things a million times. We suggest just Googling like menstruation phases and looking at some of the graphs. I think those do a really good job of illustrating what those different hormones are doing throughout your cycle. But we're going to outline some symptoms. Although if you are listening to this and you have dealt with menstruation, you already know most likely most of these symptoms. Yeah. But symptoms include fatigue, cramping, headaches, irritability. <laughs> I know that's very personal for me. Yeah. Anxiety, back pain, bloating, and mood swings. Now, we really want to hone in on that fatigue aspect. And we thought it would be helpful if we kind of analyze, like, why does this tend to happen around our periods? Because I think this is one of the biggest symptoms that mm -hmm. kind of impacts our productivity. So we know, as we just illustrated, that your hormones are changing throughout your menstrual cycle. So with that estrogen production increasing during the first half and then decreasing in the second half, it can cause that decrease of energy but you also have serotonin, which is basically that neurotransmitter for happiness. Um, I know Bridget was like, oh, it's like when Elle Woods is like, happy people just don't kill their husbands. <laughs> so so oh. serotonin also tends to decrease with the estrogen. And so this can make it hard to stay motivated and feeling happy and energized. It's kind of like this big wave that's hitting you all at once. Yep, I experience it all the time. Yep. <laughs> and then to go along with that, if you have anemia, which tends to come from an iron iron deficiency, mm -hmm. that can lead to even further fatigue, especially during your period. And if you have symptoms or if you have, um, not symptoms, I'm sorry, if you have different medical conditions such as endometriosis or PCOS, that can play an even bigger role with that fatigue and it hitting you at different points of your menstrual cycle. Yeah. And I can tell you that like even with the Hashimoto's, this is definitely a huge piece because during that luteal phase, guys, man, it hits me and it hits me hard. But what's so interesting was that when we were tracking this and Michelle and I were having these conversations I started to plan more accordingly based off of the symptoms that I was tracking and noticing. So that's kind of, again, why we're going through this whole process with you. So now what we want to do is share some strategies um, for each of the different phases that you can be implementing to help make this a little bit easier on yourself. So during that menstruation phase, here are some things that you can do. Cut back on work tasks if possible. Give yourself some time to rejuvenate. And in some cases, this might mean sleeping a little bit more, taking some of those naps when you come home from school if you have to. This is also a time to reduce those social commitments. So try and give yourself that grace and time to just relax. And then cut yourself some slack if you just want to work at a little bit of a slower pace so that you're not feeling as though you have all of this to get done. Because again, your mind is not going to be able to focus wholeheartedly on that because you're going to have that sense of uh, fatigue and just being tired. The next phase, which is the follicular phase, this is going to be a really good time to be productive and get creative work done. So this is the time to complete difficult and your very complex tasks and also to trip to uh, those tricky projects that you have going on is to tackle those. 
So then as you move into the ovulation phase, we mentioned how you might find yourself feeling a little more extroverted or social during this time. So this is a great opportunity to schedule like important meetings or maybe tough chats or conversations that you need to have, because if you're feeling more social, those tough conversations might go a little bit better than if you're, for example, irritable. Yeah. <laughs> Because this is a more extroverted time for most women, this is ideal for working in groups or team environments. And so you could also find yourself working on like big projects that last multiple days, especially if other people are involved in those projects. And then during that luteal phase, this is when you really would want to kind of prioritize that self-care, lighten up your workload if possible. And we're going to give some more specific strategies for like, how does this work within teaching when we don't always have flexibility? Don't worry, that is coming. But you might want to try to kind of limit your FaceTime at work and be able to focus on more solo tasks and complete simpler tasks that maybe require that less active brain power. Cause we mentioned how during the luteal phase, you might find your brain kind of moving a little bit slower due to those fluctuations in hormones. So you're probably sitting here and asking, oh my gosh, Bridget and Michelle, how in the world do I go about figuring all of this out? Well, you're gonna have to plan accordingly. And this means that you need to start tracking your cycles using an app or some form of a journal. And this includes whatever data that you need in order to keep in order to understand your body. So your symptoms, your basal temperature, your mucus, anything and everything can go here. You're also going to want to track your energy level so that you can see a pattern of when you have the most energy. Because again, this is going to fluctuate for everyone. I know that for me, my menstruation time, I'm not as tired. I'm kind of falling off of the tired fatigue piece and I'm starting to gain back a lot more of my energy. So track it and figure out what works best for you. So um, you can do this inside of our fitness planner if you want Mm -hmm. to use a digital format. The fitness planner is a great way. We have lots of tracking in there for you. Or you can also use some some of the apps. So the health app, if you are an Apple user, Michelle and I both use that one. Flow, Clue, and Maya are also some other really great options. And when at all possible, adapt your schedule to match those energy levels. Put your hardest work when you have the most energy and your mindless work when you are the most fatigued. So looking at how we can then use this data and this information within the realm of teaching specifically, Bridget already mentioned, like, if you know when your energy levels are going to dip, you can be proactive and plan ahead for that. And I especially think this is relevant for lesson planning. If you know that during a certain week, your energy levels are most likely going to be lower, and that means you're probably not going to get as much lesson planning done, you need to be proactive as much as you can so that you're ready for those slumps in your energy levels and you don't get behind. You also might want to consider giving more independent work or like group work for your students where you are more of the facilitator rather than doing a bulk of the instruction during that time. That way, if you are irritable and you don't have to worry about taking it out on I your students. I did that all the time, guys. <laughs> I very much did that. <laughs> yeah. And obviously when it comes to meetings or PDs you have to attend, you can't necessarily change those. But 
you can choose to either be more of a listener or like observer rather than an active participant if you know that your energy levels are low or you're not feeling as social. And if that's going to be the case, maybe choose a seat that is around less people. And if needed, you can always follow up with an email once you've had time to process things more. So if you're not overly active during the meeting afterwards, you can always be like, hey, I wasn't really feeling it today, but here are my thoughts. And you can just articulate it in an email that might be a little bit better for you. And ultimately, just remember, it's okay to kind of drop the ball every now and then. And it happens to all of us. But ultimately, you need to be aware of what's going to work best for you and try to plan ahead for that. So we do suggest having those like buffer days as much as possible so that when you do have to drop the ball, you are dropping a plastic ball and not a glass ball. If you don't know what we're talking about, you got to go back and listen to that episode we did on balance. I can't remember. Was it episode... It was like 89 or it was in the 80s, I want to say. I hate that I don't remember that. We will link it for you. um, But just keep in mind, like the more you know about your body and understand about your body, the more you can adapt in order to use that to your advantage rather than having it be a negative. Yeah. I am so glad that we did this episode. Me too. It is just one of those topics that I, again, I don't, I think people want to talk about, but it's important to talk about because it does play such a huge role in our productivity and how we are able to accomplish things. But again, if we're proactive and we know our bodies and know the data, then we can plan accordingly for it and not feel as though that we are, you know, not succeeding in whatever it is that we're trying to do. So Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We would love for you to go and check out our website. Uh, We have a new freebie on the website, so definitely go and look at that. While you're there, submit for your TSH right up at the very top. Just click the button, submit. Tell us what is sucking up all of your time right now. And we would like for you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified when we drop our new episodes, which is on Thursday morning. It's totally free, by the way. And if you are a listener on iTunes, we would really appreciate a review. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers. We look at them, we get feedback from them, and we enjoy hearing from all of you. So thank you so much for those of you who have done that. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.